Welcome to Bottoms! This week we recap some of the most exciting games of the week, cover a few of my favorite players this season, and of course we will talk about Steve Nash, plus much more, so stay tuned. So first off, before we get started with basketball talk, I just wanted to really quickly uh, cover what this podcast is, because that's what I've been thinking about a lot over the last week, and the short answer is I don't really know yet. Uh, <laughs> I've been sort of just thinking about what angle I want to approach this from. I think that the the radio format that I'm used to, where I would just do a recap of the week's game, isn't really as interesting in podcast form. But I think for now I want to start focusing on the reason that I and many others love basketball, and that's for good basketball, for good hoops. Off-the-court stuff is fun at times, and sometimes it's infuriating. Focusing on tearing players down for bad performances is only fun for so long, and I think that I just want this to be a space to geek out about good games and players where we can talk hoops without having to talk about cheating scandals or anti-Semitism or any of the real-life horrors that we have to face in everyday life. Obviously, sometimes we can't turn a blind eye to that stuff, uh, but when we talk about basketball, that's just my goal is to just talk about basketball. Um, and I'm going to try to stick to that as often as I can. And uh, with that being said, we're going to get into our, our first piece of news, which is Steve Nash getting fired. Um, <laughs> no, I was just trying to avoid negative stuff. But uh, first, I'm going to start by just reading out uh, his note to the team after he got released. A very heartfelt thanks to Joe and Clara Sai, along with Sean Marks, for giving me the opportunity to coach the Brooklyn Nets. It was an amazing experience with many challenges that I'm incredibly thankful for. It was a pleasure to work with the players, performance team, and front office every day. I'm especially grateful to my coaching staff and video room, who are a talented group with so much character and professionalism. Lastly, thanks to Brooklyn and the passionate fans who support this team, family first, and my family has found a home here and loves being a part of this beautiful community. I wish the Nets all the success in the world and the Nashes will be rooting for our team as they turn this season around. And then he put a red heart at the bottom. Very touching message. Steve Nash obviously tried his hardest with this group. Uh, at times, the results were not very good. Uh, in his two seasons as coach with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and uh, Kevin Durant, among many other players that have been circling through the locker room. He only won one playoff round in his two postseasons, which you'd expect a little bit more, and then this season they've been off to a pretty rough start, losing one to the Pacers, and, and almost losing the second was pretty bad looking. Uh, so he ended up getting let go, and he took it with grace, it appears. Ime Udoka is who's replacing him. Uh, this is where we talk about cheating scandals. Obviously, he was suspended from the Boston Celtics for one year. They are passing him off to the Brooklyn Nets. And this Nets team, it feels like, is known more for off-the-court antics than on-the-court play. Kyrie Irving obviously is suspended for five games for tweeting a link to a uh, movie based on a book that is extremely anti-Semitic. Uh, he's facing a five-game suspension uh, from the Brooklyn Nets, 
because he was asked multiple times to apologize and uh, did not. And then according, or apparently today uh, or yesterday, he did apologize. Um, but just so many off the court things going on with that Brooklyn team. Uh, Ime Udoka obviously cheated on Mia Long with a Celtics staffer and uh, was in hot water for that. That's why he got suspended. We'll see if they can turn it around. Ime Udoka is a really solid coach. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are obviously really good players. Kevin Durant just passed Vince Carter for 19th in all-time scoring. I know last week I told you that he uh, passed Alex English for 20, so he's moving up. He's uh, hitting hitting some patches where there's some players pretty close to each other in total points. So he's going to probably pass a few more players this season. Um, he's been the one bright spot on the Nets so far this season, honestly. Uh, now let's talk about some actual good news. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench looks absolutely incredible. The Lakers are 2-1 when he comes off the bench, uh, and that includes that they've just won two games in a row. They improved to 2-5 on the season. Versus the Timberwolves, which was their uh, loss with Russ coming off the bench. He had 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. Ball wasn't really going into the bucket for him there. Uh he had 18 points but it was not a great shooting night versus the nuggets he they won he had 18 points eight rebounds and eight assists versus the pelicans they won he had 13.7 rebounds nine assists so he looks really solid out there so far uh he's he's playing with excitement with energy he looks happy he's smiling he's dancing on the sidelines the offense for the starting five on the Lakers, looking a little bit better. They almost always have Austin Reeves or Matt Ryan, which opens the floor out a little more, although they've had some poor shooting performances, both of them. It still just opens up much more opportunities for this team when you have some shooters on the floor. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Russ looks happy, looks back to his usual self, maybe not as far as like scoring results, but as far as attitude and uh, I mean, he just looks great. Uh, I think basketball is better when Russell Westbrook is playing good. Next up, let's talk about Donovan Mitchell's MVP case. He's averaging 31 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. He's shooting, he's shooting 48% from the field and 44% from three. The Cavs right now are six and one. That's second in the Eastern Conference. Darius Garland just came back, so Donovan Mitchell was the sole all-star on the team. The case for him winning MVP, he's the best player on a contending team. He's averaging scoring numbers at the top of the league, and he's playing some of the most exciting basketball uh, in the entire league. And narratively, he just got traded from the Jazz, who were perennial like top four seed in the Western Conference. He went to the Cavs, a really young team, and has become the de facto scoring option. Uh, he took a good team, and so far he's made them great. He's playing incredible defense so far this season. He said that last season uh, he was disappointed with how he played on defense and that he knew he could play better, and so far he has been. He's been locking people up, getting in passing lanes and stuff. He looks really, really solid, and the whole team looks really good. He is making his teammates better. He's averaging seven assists, which I think is a career high for him. I, he looks incredible out there, makes the team better and is averaging 31 points per game, which like would have been leading last season uh, for the entire league. Obviously this year, it's the beginning of the season. Luca's averaging like 36, John Morant's averaging like 35. So he's not at the top, but if he can maintain 31 points per game, which I wouldn't be surprised if he can, he's probably gonna be a top three scorer in the league. 
Next up, let's do my Cade report. Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick in the last year's draft. He's averaging 21.7 points per game, 6.4 assists, and 6 rebounds on a Pistons team that really needs his help. His three-point shot isn't falling just yet. He's averaging just a little bit over uh, 20% from three, but he looks really fluid. He looks really exciting. He looks really shifty on the perimeter. Uh, he gets his feet under him well when he's uh, dribbling, and he can like, his shot looks well off the dribble. Um, and, I mean, he gets to the paint. He scores efficiently. He dishes the ball off really well. He has some of the most exciting passes. If you can look up some Cade Cunningham pass highlights, definitely do that. Um, and he's a big guard. He's playing okay defense. He gets six rebounds a game. Just the other night, he had 27 points, seven assists, and six boards against the Bucks, and that was while being defended a lot of the time by Drew Holiday, who might be the best perimeter defender in the league, maybe in league history. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, really exciting to watch him be not maybe dominant, but I mean, I could see if he was on a better team. The Pistons obviously are are not a playoff team. They're still tanking this season. Uh, but if he was on a better team, I could see there being a case made for him to be an all-star this season. Twenty, Basically 22 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. That's really good scoring numbers. Or that's really good numbers overall. And yeah, so that is all for us talking about players right now. And we are going to take a short break and then be back with a few games that I really liked. And we are back. First off, I want to talk about what might be the game of the year. Cavs versus Celtics. This happened, uh, I believe, Wednesday night. You had Darius Garland returning to an already pretty good Cavs team. Are an already great Cavs team. They were 5-1. He came back, had 29 points and 12 assists. Jason Tatum, at the end of the game, dunked on Jared Allen, blocked Donovan Mitchell, back-to-back -back plays to send the game to overtime. And then in overtime, Donovan Mitchell threw down an incredible alley-oop. Uh, Darius Garland threw it from, like, so far away slammed that down to increase their lead the Cavs ended up winning 114 to 113 beautiful game by both sides this could be a like Eastern Conference Finals preview obviously that would mean that one of these teams would have to beat the Bucks but if these two teams met in a playoff context these two like young scrappy teams the Celtics are a little older obviously but I mean this would be just an incredible matchup the Cavs versus anybody it's going to be super fun to watch and I think that Cavs and Celtics, as well as the Bucks, those are the three teams in the Eastern Conference that so far look like they have a legitimate chance at taking home the title. Obviously, 76ers, uh, there are a few other teams. The Raptors have looked really good. There are a few other teams that, given the right circumstance and maybe they make a few roster moves, could get to that point. But right now, those three teams are definitely the front runners. Jalen Brown had 30 points for the Seas. Tatum had 26 and 12 rebounds. Horford had 12 and 12. Brogdon added 15 off the bench. Really good team effort by the Celtics, even though they didn't end up pulling it out. Donovan Mitchell had 26. Mobley had 15 on 7 of 8 shooting. He's still one of my favorite players in the league. 
uh, Levert and Jared Allen had 15 and 14 points respectively. So every starter for the Cavs had at least 14. They just, I mean, that starting five is absolutely incredible. You have Darius Garland at the one, uh, Mitchell at the two, Levert at the three, Mobley at the four, Allen at the five. That perfect combination of defense scoring playmaking it's just such an incredible starting five like that's genuinely a championship level starting five as well as the Celtics starting five once they get Robert Williams back which he's out which I think that you add Robert Williams and have Al Horford coming off the bench that that does shift this matchup a little bit how much I'm not necessarily sure but that does change things quite a bit uh and then next up we are going to talk about this Lakers game uh, against the Pelicans. This was a super exciting game to watch. I love seeing. I was I was debating which game I was going to watch. It was either Portland uh, versus Memphis, and I would see John Morant versus Damian Lillard, or I could watch this game, which I did, and see LeBron versus Zion Williamson, which is always a fun matchup. Only seen it a couple times so far. The Lakers ended up winning in overtime. 120 to 117 the Lakers were up 14 at halftime so it was a valiant effort by the Pelicans to uh, bring it back and tie it up but they were actually up three with I think 1.7 left on the clock who was it they got, somebody got fouled on the Pelicans and missed both uh, free throws I think it was Dyson Daniels missed both free throws and so the Lakers got the ball back down three Four Pelicans players had their feet in the paint. All four Pelicans defenders, the uh, on-ball defenders, had a foot in within the three-point line, even though they were down three, which was silly miscommunication. Ball got thrown to the far side of the court, the corner to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan stepped on, stepped back into the three-point line, fadeaway three-point buzzer beater to send the game to overtime. An incredible play. Uh, Matt Ryan is currently on the Lakers is currently the best Matt Ryan in sports, <laughs> but uh, that looked absolutely beautiful. The Lakers team was gelling a bunch in the first half. Second half looked a little worse, but still looked pretty decent most of the time. LeBron had 20, but he shot 0 for 7 from 3. Russ had 13 off the bench. Like I said earlier, he looked really fluid and good. Uh, Anthony Davis shot zero threes for the Lakers, which is always a win. Lonnie Walker really was sort of the star of the show. He had 28 points. He went five for nine from three. So he was playing an incredible basketball game. But obviously the real star was Matt Ryan game tying three. And then Darvin Ham went, oh, good job, man. Sit on the bench. He didn't play a single overtime minute, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, Pelicans were without Brandon Ingram, obviously, so that he's uh, out with an injury right now, unfortunately. If he comes back, then this Pelicans team is extremely dangerous. They still are without him, but this Pelicans team with Zion, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum, that's a great team. I, I'm really high on Jonas Valanciunas. I think that he's one of the most underrated players in the league. CJ as well. I think those are two of the best non-all-star players in the league. Um, Zion had 27 points and 7 assists. He looked He's looked really good so far this whole season. He's returning to his all-star form. Jose Alvarado, man, I can't believe that I didn't talk about him a second ago. 
He's one of my favorite dudes in the league. So much heart and hustle. He had 15 points off the bench. He shot three or four from three multiple times in the second half. Multiple times in the second half, he brought the Pelicans back in it when they were starting to slip. So just an incredible game by him. Uh, He's one of my favorite players in the league. And that's just about it, honestly, this week. I didn't really have much to say. As I said before, I was, I'm was i sort of trying to figure out the direction of this podcast. Uh, make sure that you guys, if you don't already, follow me at Braden M. Pittman, B-R-A-D-E-N-M-P-I-T-T-M-A-N on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram so that you can uh, get updates as to when things are coming out. And... And then also just hear my funny takes on Matt Ryan three-pointers and stuff. And last but not least, I just want to say rest in peace to take off. An absolute legend and icon. Super tragic what happened to him. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to Bottoms. And I will see you next week.